1: and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
0: Welcome to the Golf Fitness Bomb Squad podcast with Chris Finn, a production of P4S Golf. Welcome to the Golf Fitness Bomb Squad. I'm your host, Chris Finn, and I am here with a very special guest, my good friend who always has to pay me money on the golf course, Riley Smythe. Riley, how are you today?
2: Doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: For sure. And I appreciate you not correcting the statement that you always pay me um, because, uh, uh, well, we'll just say that may not be 100 percent true. Um, Actually, it's definitely not 100 percent. It's 100 percent not true. Um, (laughs) But, Ryan, I'm excited to have you here. Um, You know, I think a lot of our listeners, you know, we we do we talk a lot about the physical side. Um, You are actually the fastest woman that I've ever seen in person. Uh, Actually, fastest non long drive woman. I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Um, we have had some long drivers who swing faster, mm-hmm. but they cheat. They have longer drivers, you know. Um, but Riley, obviously, had a super successful career uh, locally. Uh, I've known Riley since sophomore, junior year, junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. A couple new hips, you know, yep. <laughs> a couple hip cleanups in, in the hips. Um, you know, Riley to me is, uh, those of you who don't know Riley, a very successful junior career here uh, in the, in the Raleigh Carey area, North Carolina. Played at the University of Virginia uh, and just completed her first, I guess, half year on Mm -hmm. tour because she graduated. She did this thing called school, got an education. Um, So excited to kind of hear how that first year went. I think a lot of people always are interested in like the behind the scenes um, kind of aspects of that. Um, You know, we've had uh, Jenny Chang and Gina Kim on and they, they kind of talked more less about that transition out of college. And so I'm excited since that's fresh um, for you, but and then also we got to get into club head speed and what's, what is your club head speed at right now? Uh,
2: on course around 110, I've maxed it out at 112.8, I believe.
0: Which is ridiculously fast for a woman, just for all of you. It's actually faster than most men. So, <laughs> and I can I can't attest when we go play a lot of the guys asked to play the tee up and make her play the back tees. Um, but so I guess the first question, obviously decorated amateur, Now you're professional. Like, what is it like going from college to on the road? And like, how did you manage that? Like, just talk about the golf experience. We'll get into all the Mm -hmm. physical stuff. But like, what was that like?
2: It was a massive adjustment. I mean, just going from college where everything is set up by the coaches from practices at home to all the travel, all accommodations, practice rounds, dinner reservations even, just adjusting to having to do it all on my own while also figuring out how to play professionally and try and actually make money and using that money to pay for all the expenses. (laughs) I
0: mean, you don't just get to keep all the money you make?
2: (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, no. It's... uh, Basically, all of my earnings on course this year are long gone in the expenses. (laughs)
0: Uh, I I think that's an important point that people don't realize, right? mm -hmm. Like, they'll look at, like, I don't know, number 100 or, like, somebody makes, Mm -hmm. like, 100 grand. Mm -hmm. They're like, whoa, six figures. They are rolling in the dough. Like, just get a list of, like, what are the different expense categories that people don't realize? Like, obviously, like, food or stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, what else?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, you have your hotel. You have... Uh, if you fly, you have your, both your flights and a rental car. Um, you have uh, all your food for the week. Um, if you do drive, typically you'll have some tolls, you have gas. Um, and, it's, and then also any expenses in terms of maintaining your car if you're driving everywhere. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, I put on about 10,000 miles on my car this summer. And so, I mean, that's that's, that's a lot of
0: miles in three months. Yep.
2: And, (laughs) and also, so then you need, that's two oil changes right Uh, there. Um, And then also on top of it, you have entry fees and caddy expenses. If you do have one.
0: And what about like balls? I mean, are you at a point now where you get all that stuff for free or are you still having Mm -hmm. the, yes. So I do get, so when, how come I don't get any, (laughs) (laughs) we got to renegotiate this (laughs) thing where I get some balls.
2: (laughs) I do have a couple extra because I don't, I don't play any fours. So
0: if they happen to find their way, you know, just, I won't say anything. I'm just, you know,
2: but I I still do have to pay for clubs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as of right now, I don't have any sponsors um, outside of
0: any sponsors listening. (laughs) She's a good one to put your money on
2: um, outside of, um, Balls, gloves, shoes. Right. Um, I fortunately do have Titleist and FootJoy for that. Yeah, nice. Um, but, yeah, so everything does just add up very quickly. And
0: right. um, so what was the biggest – obviously, now you're basically running your own business. Mm-hmm. You um, are traveling all over the country. You're on your own. You have to organize everything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we help you with the fitness stuff, but okay. you've always been pretty good with that. What – what to you was if you had to pick the single biggest adjustment for you or that you Mm -hmm. saw other rookies kind of having to deal with, what do you feel like that was?
2: I think just how long the weeks are out there because you get on site, typically Monday, especially when you do have a bunch of weeks in a row Mm -hmm. where Monday is always my travel day. And, but the tournament doesn't start until Friday. So you have Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, just to practice yeah. and prep where in college and amateur golf, you're typically traveling the day before your practice round. You play one practice round and then, and then you play and then you play. Right. And so it's just, it's a lot more downtime mm-hmm. and a lot of time to just manage practice, fitness, and just what to do to get ready for the tournament.
0: Right. For sure. So, now that we know how many miles you've had to travel <laughs> and, and kind of the time management mm-hmm. stuff, I think this speaks well to everybody listening who travels for work or who has ever told me or any other person, I just don't have time to work out. Like, I'm on the road, I don't have equipment. Like, how did you manage? i say, I know mm-hmm. how you did this, but this is for the listeners. <laughs> um, how did you manage kind of figuring out finding gyms or mm-hmm. finding equipment? How did you manage? How did your fitness routine change? From, you know, obviously the first half of the year you're in school mm-hmm. and then now all of a sudden you're in the wild west of professional, yeah. you know, women's golf. And, you know, we're sitting here in the fall. And so obviously I know where you're working out. I actually just pulled her out of the gym and said, hey, come on, we're going to you're going to come be on the podcast. Um, but like how did that how did you manage that on the road?
2: So fortunately, Epson does set us up with a gym most mm-hmm. weeks. Um, it's not necessarily always the best. Uh, so every now and then I did have to go and try and find another local gym. Um, and fortunately my dad is a big gym rat. So I've gotten used to being able to find gyms in the area (laughs) that do fit the standards for my workouts. Um, but even then, I mean, given some of the places we go, it is managing the workout to fit what is available. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, on top of it, it is just kind of figuring out what, what works best for me during a tournament week. So usually I know that Tuesday I'm going to do my most intensive lift mm-hmm. so that I'm not as sore on Friday. Great. If I do that Thursday, then maybe it's affecting my performance. Right. For sure. Um, and so I definitely taper the workouts mm-hmm. towards
0: so you're, going, the so you're going heavy three days before, yep. D, before D T Day or D Day, I guess, right? Then <laughs> you got kind of two days to recover, and then you're tapering yep. your your Wednesday and your Thursday to be mm. ready to go perform Friday. Yes. Right
2: yeah. And then I mean, if I if I do miss a cut, usually Sunday will be another heavy Probably day an as angry well. Workout. Yep, <laughs> a little, little bit of an angry <laughs> workout. Um and just heavy day, just make sure that I get that in and then then the following week i know okay tuesday i can do maybe a heavy day if i want to mm-hmm. but it, i already got in that heavy heavy for day sure. for the week
0: cool. well, so what i like to do i want to change gears cuz you have a unique medical history mm-hmm. <laughs> of having the hip surgeries when you were yep. still in high school mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of people listening um, you know, i can already picture you got a, a 50 55 65 year old guy listening like oh this young chick she's whatever but she literally had to go through two hip surgeries and I had to rehab her. I mean, so, you know, all the pity should be for me. That I had to <laughs> hang out with her that much. Now. But what, like, what was that like going through the rehab process? And then just kind of speaking to other people who actually, we have another gentleman out there who's getting his knee literally like goes 45 degrees and he's getting that fixed uh, Monday and he's super excited to have that mm-hmm. fixed. But like, so he's obviously got the recovery process ahead of him. Mm-hmm. But speaking to everybody who either maybe has a recovery process coming, maybe they had one that didn't go well, mm-hmm. like what was yours like? What did you find was tough mentally about mm-hmm. it, especially as a teenager? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and what did you find kind of was helpful for you to get back to golf, some of the more important mm-hmm. things for you?
2: Yeah, so I think I think one of the hardest things mentally for me was, you know, not being able to play my senior year of high school basically right. because I had my first one the summer following my junior year. And then I had my second one in the spring of senior year. Right. Um, and actually it was the moment that I got 100% that the second hit blow. I'll so, never forget
0: that. It was, Walking down the yeah. hall in school.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should tell that story. I feel like that would be an entertaining Yeah.
2: Story. Well, so I, Fully recovered from my first one. And then And I'm like,
0: and I now I know she's got the other hip. Yeah. And I'm like, like as the provider, I'm like, oh thank God. All right, we got through that. Good to go. Green light.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm fully back playing in tournaments. And one day I'm at school and I walk out to my car, end of day, and I just go to you know, just throw my backpack off my shoulder into my back seat just to drive home to go practice. And I pivot on my left hip, which was my good hip at the time and pivot on it, turn it. And I just go, Oh no, (laughs) I sit, I sit down in my car and I go, Oh no, my second hip just blew. I need to go get (laughs) surgery again. And (laughs) I think I saw you the next day and I'm like, is it is it actually really happening again?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. So and it was the femoral acid tabular impingement or FAI, so that was the labrum that she felt kinda go. But yeah, I mean literally I think this is the crazy thing when you have anatomical stuff that you're just kinda mm-hmm. waiting for it to go. Like you were squatting, mm-hmm. you were deadlifting, yep. you were playing golf, like yep. and then literally just turning to your car. I never forget when you came in, you're just like, So Chris, uh I was walking. <laughs> And I think I need, I think I did the other one. I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) No. Then we tested it and I was like, Oh, yep. Okay. I think we did. So I was going to get the other one done. But so, so then what was, so obviously the mental that had to be tough for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just tough because fortunately, um, my, the college coach that recruited me, it was not the one that I ended up playing for, but the one that recruited me was great about um. Just me going through the surgeries, and just she knew that I was going to get back on track. Mm-hmm. So that made it. I
0: remember saying, "She's recovering faster than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> Stronger than." Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I always remembered sending the text, being like, "Oh, I'm in, I'm doing great. Yeah. Um, the recovery is going awesome." So rule one of recovery,
0: but- guys: if you're being recruited, lie to the coach. <laughs>
2: no,
0: not condoning that. Just kidding.
2: <laughs> um. But so that gave me a lot of. Comfort knowing that my spot on the team was safe. Right. Um, and so it really was just the battle of, okay, I want to do everything possible. So five, 10 years down the road, I'm still able to play and this not be an issue for right. me. Um,
0: so, so longevity was like first and foremost yes. in your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just so, you know, that that is incredibly old for your years at that time. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. where I mean, obviously, I wanted to get back as quickly as possible, but I knew I had a college career ahead of me. I was hoping to have a pro career ahead of me yeah. that it really was just what can I do to make sure that these are never an issue down right, the
0: road. For sure. And then what was so then let's let's get into the actual details of mm-hmm. the recovery and like the exercises mm-hmm. and just from your perspective what were some of the more helpful and important kind of points of that rehab mm-hmm.
2: Um yeah I mean really it was making sure that the first you know 8 weeks were basically just following protocol of just I mean it was Those are really like, boring. yeah they're, they're are really so boring, boring. I mean but follow
0: it it's, it's important yeah.
2: It's basic leg lifts, just, I mean, literally just lifting my leg about three inches off the ground, but, um, but it set me up where I was by eight weeks, I was in great shape to really take the next step up. Mm -hmm. And so getting back into just your basic mobility, um, basic, just, glute activation, um, hip flexor strength, and then slowly over time, getting back into the lifts Mm -hmm. with getting back into squatting as soon as I was cleared. Um, and just going body weight just to get the movement back and then just building everything up from there and just making sure that the muscles around it are basically bulletproof so that, It just gives so much more strength to the joint.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, obviously the first eight weeks are just like making sure muscles are turned on and that Mm -hmm. they're doing what they're supposed to do. Super boring. Um, Even as the therapist, you're like, especially when you have someone, I think your goal listening here, if you've had surgery, your goal is to be the client that when you go in, your therapist is like in their mind. They never say it to you, but they're like, God, she's fine. Oh, she can, we'll just see her next week. <laughs> right. And you're just kind of like just checking the boxes just to make sure things mm-hmm. are going the way they should. And then I think to me, the fun part of the rehab was the degree of detail that we were able to get mm-hmm. to looking at like pressure mats and jumping mm-hmm. and body especially we got to the layer levels. I think that's the one thing that gets missed often in rehab is you get through those first eight weeks it was probably what 12 weeks or so, 16 weeks where the, the surgeon's like, yep, you're good. And they kind of wipe their hands and they're like, yep, you're good to go back. And then you come to me, you're like, I'm good now. And I'm like, eh, no, 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 no. no. Let's see you jump. And then yeah. you go and you jump in like 80% of your weights on the non, the, the, the non-recently operated yeah. one. And you're like, Hey, remember when that one was your bad one? Well, now <laughs> that one's really good. We got to get this, this new one that you just had <laughs> repaired really good. And so I think that's where you start to look at higher level, um, testing right and you you see because you look at the golf swing Mm -hmm. especially i mean you're exceptionally (laughs) an exceptional exception to this you put so much force through the ground so fast Mm -hmm. like it's cool if you can do a leg lift correctly and you can Mm -hmm. walk fine but if you're putting 3x body weight into the ground Mm -hmm. and force and you're doing it at incredible velocities Mm -hmm. like things are a little different i think you saw that right when we were like Hey, let's see you jump on a 12 inch box Mm -hmm. and land, take off equally, land equally. And it was Mm -hmm. like, check. Great. Okay, cool. Now let's see you do that on an 18 inch box. Mm -hmm. And it went like 80 20, right? (laughs) Or the landing absorbing the force, Mm -hmm. which is more was harder. So and I think, and then we got into rotary jumps, Mm -hmm. and you know, you could do it one way and you couldn't do it the other Mm -hmm. way. And uh, you know, throws planting on the lead foot. Mm -hmm. Um I think those are parts of the rehab process that most people I mean. Lord knows orthos aren't orthopedic surgeons aren't telling you they have to do that. Cause you know, insurance will pay for you mm-hmm. once you're not pain free, but in order to get back to the level that you wanted to play at and the level that you're currently mm-hmm. playing at, I mean, those were very, very important things that you needed to do. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of fast forward to this, this year, you're, you're mm-hmm. playing on tour, you're traveling all over the place. You're finding gyms wherever you can, uh, that, that meet your dad's standards. I know your dad, good friends. Uh, he'd be very proud. <laughs> um, and, and he also does, he plays the fours because I do find those Virginia balls yes. for in the woods. And I now know to bring them to him and mm-hmm. not to you. Yep. to, you, to you give did, him You argument. did
2: text me about that and gave me a hard time. And I'm like, Nope, it, that was definitely not me.
0: Yeah. So I went back, I gave it to Kevin. I said, Kevin, I now know these are yours. Uh, <laughs> but so now you're going into your first professional off season. Mm-hmm. Like, where's your mind at? What are you working mm-hmm. on to get ready? You know, going through the winter season and and from here.
2: Yeah. So I think, I mean, definitely just getting my strength levels up even more. Um, just because I mean, the the season's so long that even by the end of this half season, I could definitely, even though I was doing Mm. what I needed to, it's just, it really wears on you that really getting in super good shape this off season, I know will prepare me for the length of the season. Um, And then I think just really the thing I noticed most this year was how much every single shot matters. And so it's really all the incremental Mm -hmm. um, improvements that can be made. And so just really trying to see dive into which areas of my game can use those just quarter shot jumps Um, and those over the course of the year, make such a big difference.
0: hundred percent. They do. Yeah. And I think for everyone listening, I really want to stress what Riley just said there. And that's even in a half season. Now this is someone, this is a woman who, what do you squat right now? 170. She squats 170, which is more than she weighs. (laughs) You deadlift what? 265. 265, which is more than most of you listening. Uh, Bench pressing.
2: 140.
0: 140. And like, these are. This is someone who's in. This is probably the weakest you've been. I'm assuming, in probably six months, just because you had yeah, the whole season, yeah. right? So, but somebody. Those are really, really. Those are phenomenal numbers, especially for a woman. Um, and somebody in that good of shape in five months mm. is feeling worn down, like playing. She's still working out during the season, and that's because of neural fatigue, and, that, and that's that happens to everybody. So, if, for all of you out there who are like, "Oh, I'm just going to do the workout in the off season, and then I'll be fine in season." Like that is the biggest load of BS, the biggest false belief you could possibly have. Like you have to keep it going. And just, I I hope I want to stress that the players at the highest of high levels, like they are still doing it. And because they know that if they don't, that drop is going to be even more and talking about the incremental gains and whatnot, like that applies in the, in the physical side too. So, Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't want to keep you too long. I've already pulled you from your workouts. I want you to get back to that. But where can uh, everybody listening, where can they follow you? Is, I know you're definitely one of the more exciting players just because of the length. Like You guys have to check out, I think one of the, was it the junior? Where did you hit the 300-yard drive that went through the fairway OB and it like cost you the hole? It was like a sad story, but it was like, it was, was it the girls' junior?
2: I don't, I don't even remember that one.
0: See, athletes yeah. have good short-term memory. There was—I remember you came back. You ended up—it was like a playoff hole or something—and you, you had a caddy who didn't think you could like clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, through. it
2: was my um, U.S. Women's Open qualifier. Yes,
0: that's what it was into the water. Yeah, into the. water. He's like, oh yeah, you're good. Just hit it straight yeah. out there, and she hits it like three fifteen into the water. He's like, oh, oops, <laughs> like just nutted it. But so super exciting player to watch. Where can people follow you, follow your career as, mm-hmm. as you're going?
2: Yeah. So, uh, my Instagram is Riley's underscore Smythe. Um, and I mean, that's my main it's social it's prime
0: social. So, all right. So we'll make sure we put that in the show notes and, uh, sounds like she's got room on the hat and shirt. Anyone out there who's looking to get their brand out? Uh, I can certainly attest to the integrity and just how awesome of a human she is. Um, and she does need money to keep paying me on the golf course, <laughs> the occasional one out of 10 times that I win. So, um, maybe one out of 20, I don't know, but, but anyway, Riley, thank you so much for coming on today. And I uh, really just appreciate you taking the time out of your workout and just in general, to hang with of
2: course, us. thanks for everything that you've done for me. And, uh, thanks for having me on right. today.
0: my pleasure. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. And, uh, hopefully you got a lot out of that and catch you in the next episode. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.